0: Chapter One of Ruffles and Danny, or The Responsibility of Ruffles. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ruffles and Danny, or The Responsibility of Ruffles, by Marjorie Watson. Chapter One a dazzling stream of sunshine poured into the breakfast-room of the sanderson home directly across the window-seat where daniel ross sanderson aged five sat with one leg drawn up thoughtfully gazing upon a very plump white knee protruding through a very large hole in his black stocking the slow but unfaltering tick-tock of the grandfather clock in the far corner of the room intensified the unusual quiet which did not seem to strike the consciousness of mr sanderson who was enjoying his cup of coffee and the morning paper in leisurely fashion but the clear sweet voice of the boy soon broke the stillness where does the cloth go to father he asked in a speculative tone mr sanderson laid down his paper and with his hands in his pockets walked over and looked down at the serious little figure noting the fairy rainbows which the sun was making in the curly, golden hair. "'What did you say, Danny?' he inquired. A chubby forefinger slowly traced its way over the smooth skin, following the outline of the torn stocking, while Danny repeated his question. "'Where does the cloth go to, father?' "'Well, er, you see it depends somewhat on how you did it, my boy,' he replied." a puzzled smile quickly losing itself in the corners of his mouth as he seated himself close to danny's feet he always made a point of taking danny seriously and endeavored to give a satisfactory answer to all questions no matter how unexpected i don't zackly remember bout doin it mused danny mr sanderson leaned towards danny resting his elbows on his knees and looked at the stocking You see, if you fell down and scraped it, it would be all ground up into little fine pieces, like dust, and blow away. Oh! Danny's voice and the half-comprehending expression of his big brown eyes implied implicit confidence in his father's statement, but also some doubt as to his own capacity for grasping it. It's rather unfortunate that you should have done that just now, isn't it? suggested mr sanderson you surely haven't forgotten where we are going danny slipped quickly to the floor his little face alight with a wonderful smile i know he announced with a joyful little hop we're going to the west harwich water in massachusetts this word was not quite difficult enough for danny so he tucked in an extra syllable then sidling up to his father and tucking his fingers inside mr sanderson's collar a funny little habit he had he asked do you think there's any chickies in massachusetts i shouldn't wonder but haven't you got enough chickens right here oh in a scornfully explanatory tone i mean little tiny weeny ones bout so big the distance he measured with his chubby hands was rather vague and elastic i poked some eggs under the old red hen this morning he proclaimed but she just runned away and left em i couldn't catch the old thing she wobbled round so fast when i stamped my foot at her the whole of danny's vigorous little body as he faced his father his hands clasped behind his back was expressive of righteous indignation and his brown eyes glowed with wrath. But just here the chug-chug of an automobile with a heralding toot broke in on the conversation, and Mr. Sanderson rose, glancing at his watch. Sister's late this morning. She's got pretty tired yesterday with the packing. You run, find Lula, and get her to put on another pair of stockings. Be sure to be all ready when I come back, you know, to start for the train." lifting the sturdy little figure in his arms he gave a parting hug then set him down and watched him scamper off in search of his nurse as the car rolled smoothly down the avenue mr sanderson looked off toward the mountains it was one of colorado's wonderful days crystal clear when nature delights in laying on the colors with a bold and lavish hand drawing sharp contrasts of light and shadow and the mountains seem so near that the unwary stranger is often allured by the belief that they are within easy walking distance. So sharply cut is the outline of rock and tree. Tiny fleecy clouds were still sleeping, snugly cuddled into the hollows here and there, halfway down Pike's Peak. A meadow lark was thrilling the air with joyous melody. How strange it will seem, and how good, thought Danny's father to breathe once more the east wind and feel the salt spray on my face. My, the very thought of it is life-giving. It will be just the thing for Ruth and Danny. This high altitude gets to be a bit of a strain after a while. Then suddenly lines of sadness appeared in the strong face. Once more he looked toward the mountains. If only their mother might have lived, he breathed about three hours later ruth sanderson stood before her mirror adjusting a very pretty travelling hat softly humming the while a little song of spring evidently her mind was more attuned to the song and all the little bubbling ecstatic emotions that the thought and realization of spring gives rise to than to anything so utterly uninspiring as the reflections of a mirror for she was really paying small attention to the charming possibilities of the hat coming coming summer's glad childhood through copse dell and wildwood or hillside and glen softly and clearly she sang while there came a quick nervous rap at the door come in called ruth almost before the words were uttered a tall vigorous colored girl entered hastily "'Why, Dewey, you look just a bit ruffled. What's the trouble?' "'Oh, Miss Ruth, it's Danny again. I can't find him anywhere. The trunks have gone. Your father is coming up the street now in the auto, and it will be time to start in less than an hour. I told him to run across the lawn and say good-bye to Mrs. Harris while I saw to the strapping of the trunks, and when I went over to get him he hadn't been there at all. What shall we do?' here dewey which was danny's name for lula he generally had a name of his own for everybody paused for breath Hmm. murmured ruth with a sliding inflection and a quick little upward and sidewise tilt of the chin really dewey we should have thought to put him on a leash today. however he can't be very far away tell rose and anna to run round the neighborhood i'll go meet father and you look carefully through the house get yourself all ready to start for there's no time to lose ruth was turning away when dewey with a critical squint stepped in front of her just one minute miss ruth you never can put your things on just right let me fix your hat a little she rearranged the jaunty hat at a more becoming angle stepping back to get a better effect there that's better in turning away she gave a surreptitious glance at her own trim figure in miss ruth's cheval-glass with an expression of satisfaction there was a real affection between these two the young mistress and the maid who was but a few years older ruth had arrived at that elusive short-lived period of illusions high ideals and tentative womanhood pure unspoiled unenlightened to the world's method of testing the strength and endurance of real character in other words she was just eighteen and dewey was twenty-one for nearly five years they had taken most of the care of danny that small person ruling over and within the hearts of both keeping them on the alert most of the time since no one could ever predict what he would do next And now, just at that moment when all was ready for the long-talked-of trip east, Danny took it into his curly head to disappear utterly and entirely. Not that he deliberately planned this denouement, he simply did things, things that seemed to him of supreme importance. Where could he have vanished to? Dewey, filled with anxiety, started again on a hurried search for her precious charge. She was wont to say, oh if danny will only love me that is all i ask but at the same time a discerning onlooker could easily imagine that danny once found her anxiety would be poured forth in a somewhat picturesquely expressed torrent of indignation with dire threats of future punishment for the wayward daniel while Dewey was occupied giving directions to Rose and Anna, who soon had all the neighbors participating in an interested search, Ruth, after putting a few finishing touches to her room, ran lightly down the wide, polished stairway to meet her father. Lifting her piquant face for the customary kiss, she placed both hands in his and, tilting on her toes with her head cocked to one side, said, Dad you most certainly do look jolly handsome i expect all the ladies on the train will be hinting for an introduction to my older brother is everything all arranged so we can leave without a care or a thought of anything here at home i believe it is daughter said mr sanderson with a loving glance into the depths of shadowy blue eyes every single thing we're going on a jolly jolly good time will drop all superfluous conventional luxuries and live a sweet simple next-to-nature life joy won't it be great then a quizzical little expression flashed the dimples at the corners of her mouth but i almost forgot there is just one more matter still to be accomplished danny has gone on some sociological investigation and omitted to leave a notice in regard to the hour of his return THE WHOLE NEIGHBORHOOD IS ORGANIZING A ROUND-UP, AND... I GUESS WE'D BETTER GET BUSY OURSELVES. THEREUPON SHE STARTED FOR THE OPEN FRONT DOOR, AND ALMOST RAN INTO LULA, WHO CAME IN WITH A DISCOURAGED FACE. SHE HAD LOOKED EVERYWHERE SHE COULD THINK OF, AND DIDN'T KNOW WHERE TO TURN NEXT. RIGHT BEHIND HER CAME ROSE AND ANNA, FOLLOWED BY SEVERAL NEIGHBORS, ALL A BIT WARM AND BREATHLESS mr sanderson greeted each arrival in the courtly manner customary to him he stood with his watch in his hand and rapidly asked a few leading questions as to where danny was last seen and what he had been talking about suddenly a light broke over his face and the thoughtful frown disappeared has any one thought to look in the hen house he asked nobody had then he turned to the chauffeur James, kindly put all the suitcases and wraps in the car, and have everything ready to start. Ruth, you bring Danny's coat and hat. You and Lula are all ready? Very well, then come. I think we shall find him. At breakfast this morning, Danny asked me if there would be any chickens in Massachusetts, and then he expressed a very decided opinion of the old red hen, which he had been trying to coax to set. With a firm, quick, assured step, Mr. Sanderson started off down the drive past the stables, the whole party taking up the line of march. Lula, too impatient to walk, ran ahead. Arriving first, she glanced quickly and anxiously in the door. Immediately her face spread into a broad grin. Clapping her hand over her mouth to stifle her laughter, she doubled over in a frenzy of mirth, and beckoned wildly for the rest to hurry. As one after another came up and gathered in a group about the door, hastily glancing into the spacious and well-kept hen-house, each face was an amusing study. Pride and uncontrollable mirth covered Lula's dark, merry face. Ruth executed a little seul, and, with an inimitable gesture of amused resignation, exclaimed, "'What next?' danny was found naughty, mischievous merry danny there he was curled up sound asleep on a board which he had placed across one of the hen's nests and peering from underneath was the astonished and indignant head of the old red hen he had as usual taken matters into his own hands if the old red hen wouldn't set she must be made to but danny wasn't used to sitting still so he fell asleep mr sanderson motioned to all to keep quiet carefully and tenderly he lifted his little son into his arms danny only moved a very little a faint adorable smile just stirred the corners of his mouth then he settled comfortably snuggled against his father's shoulder quietly but quickly they all walked back to the house Ruth spoke a few parting words to the neighbors, gave some last directions with a kindly good-bye to Rose and Anna, and then got into the tonneau beside her father. Dewey had wrapped Danny's coat about him and was already seated beside James. So off they started toward the station. "'Oh, my little honey,' murmured old Rose with a sniffle as she watched the car disappear around the bend, Bless yo baby heart, but ain't you the troublesome little angel? End of chapter 1